Hello and welcome back to Sessions by the Herb Life, a weekly podcast that brings you a new set of hosts, each episode discussing everything cannabis. Our aim is to highlight the efforts of women living, working and playing in the cannabis arena, while also giving you a direct line into the conversations that are changing the landscape as we know it. My name is Tiana and I like to describe myself as the session's facilitator. Basically, it's my job to bring people together. So this session, we welcome Nicole Hodges, founder of Girls Who Say Fuck, an online publishing platform and brand, alongside cannabis tech pioneer Lisa Haroon, who is the co-founder of Vapium, a Toronto-based company developing vaporizing devices. Now, cannabis is one of the oldest plant medicines used by humankind. Some say perhaps even the first. You'd think by now we'd know absolutely everything about this beautiful plant, but this, of course, couldn't be further from the truth. Every so often, with the help of technology, we are gifted new revelations and our understanding about the cannabis plant deepens. So as science and tech unveil the secrets of the plant, we're able to develop new ways of harnessing the plant's many beneficial properties. One of the most interesting aspects of the developing cannabis industry is the evolving relationship between technology and the plant itself. We're only just beginning to appreciate the complexity of the cannabis plant as it interacts with the human body. And it's this knowledge that underpins our drive to explore how contemporary technologies can enhance our cannabis experiences. For entrepreneurs of all industries, our lived experiences, both personal and professional, inevitably play a role in the development of our ideas. For Lisa, her passion for creating things began in her childhood alongside things like Lego blocks and transformer toys, and of course, the encouragement of her parents to pursue her passions. Having managed to combine two of the fastest growing and continuously evolving industries, cannabis and technology, Lisa is a shining example of what can be accomplished with a belief in oneself, a good support system and the courage to pursue your ideas. The result, of course, is Vapium, which at its core is a way to integrate healthy cannabis consumption seamlessly into our lives. This is where Nicole comes in with her platform, Girls Who Say Fuck. At Herb Life, we love highlighting women who are unapologetically, well, women. And Nicole is 100% unapologetic about being a woman. She developed Girls Who Say Fuck to encourage girls and women to pursue their passions and create a life full of fuck yes moments, which is exactly what both Lisa and Nicole are doing. Before we go any further, Sessions is made possible by the help of our sponsors. Ikaria, CBD oil designed for you. Ikaria has a wide variety of oils for you and your pets too. Take charge of your self-care routine with Ikaria's CBD oils and empower yourself to enjoy the life you deserve. Rainmaker, that is R-N-M-K-R, is Canada's leading cannabis communications agency known for providing narrative creation, media relations, brand strategy, and advisory services to the most prominent brands in North America and overseas. Are you thinking of growing your own cannabis? Well, grow organically with Sonoma Seeds. You'll find the best cannabis strains from around the world at sonomaseeds.com. Hemper. It's the best 420 subscription service and online head shop. Their experts handpick 10 items every month to pack into your hamper box, delivering $100 of value for only $29.99 right to your door. All boxes are shipped in plain packaging since Hemper values your privacy as much as their own. Visit hemper.co for more info. 
As usual, we're giving away some great Herblife gifts, like two copies of Volume 2 of the Herblife magazine. All you have to do is leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen to sessions. And you'll also go into the grand prize draw to win a PAX vaporizer at the end of the season, which is coming up real soon. Remember to leave your Instagram or Twitter handle so that we can contact you if you win. For more great Herblife content, make sure you check us out online at theherblifestyle.com and follow us on whatever social channels we have in common. And now I'll pass it over to Lisa and Nicole talking cannabis and technology. Thanks to Herbalife for having us. I'm Nicole from Girls Who Say Fuck, joined by Lisa from Vapium. Uh, hi, Lisa. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, Herbalife, thank you so much for allowing us the time to chinwag a little bit about stuff that we love, aka cannabis. Exactly. Uh, you know, we were previously introduced um, ahead of this, so we'll just kind of jump right into things. Um, before, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of, you know, what you do and why you do it, uh, what is your preferred method and place to get high? Oh, that's such a good question. Right now, I'm not. I'm abstaining because of the fact that I'm going through this really interesting biohacking brain protocol. But way back when, um, when I did partake, I, lo- I love all of it. To be totally honest with you, I have such a deep and long appreciation for flour um, and all of its m- magnificence. Um, but I think what most excites me about the the direction and where we're going is like the science and technology behind how we're actually extracting. Um, and so dabbing, I think is, is so to me, such a different experience. Um, and then obviously part of the reason that we created one of the devices that we did, but then I think also edibles have their place and topicals as well in terms of I've had a bad month and I've had, you know, I've needed topicals. So I am a lover of all things, uh, cannabis and whether it's on the CBD side or the THC side, um, it's a magical, magical mm-hmm. plant that I love her very much. Yeah. I mean, so I've actually never dabbed before, uh, I'm still in the camp that feels incredibly intimidated by it, but edibles have become my new favorite thing. I've, I've actually substituted drinking for the most part for having edibles before I go out. Wow. That's amazing. Are you making them yourself? No, I'm not. Um, I, I, I would love to, to dabble in that for sure. Right now I'm just kind of enjoying the you know, foray into trying a bunch of different ones. Uh, a friend of mine from California gave me some stuff while I was down there and and it's just this tiny little gummy. But honestly, I've never had a bad night. It's always led to just more adventures and more discussions. I think the right type of edible can be amazing. And as long as you're understanding your own titration, I think they are, it can be a magical experience. Uh, During my lady time um, was one of my favorite times to um, indulge. And especially when they're yummy. You know, but at the same time, as a you know, as like for patients, I'd say go the non-sugar route. Um, but if you're recreationally imbibing, then I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, brownies and cookies and all kinds. Like, I mean, there's just it's amazing to see what people are creating. Even like 
even the chefs mm-hmm. now, I think that that's really fun to see some of the, the chefs in the States. And, and I know that that's a growing sector here of, of looking at how to, you know, use different fats um, in your cooking and, and having like full, you know, a three course um, meal. It's like, I'm very much looking forward to having, you know, those dinner clubs here in abundance. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I could fall down the edibles rabbit hole with you forever, um, but I want to I want to focus on you, and I want to focus on vapium, and 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 I want to I want to kind of start at the at the beginning before cannabis was even introduced in your life, because I just think this is such a f- fascinating little tidbit about you. Um, in a previous conversation that we had had, you mentioned that you weren't a Barbie kid, and that you you were the kid that was playing with robots and Legos and Transformers. Hey, tell me how that mindset and how that just kind of those innate qualities of yours kind of, uh, you know, influenced your uh, the robotics company that you and your partner Michael created initially. So I have to not give a nod to my parents because of the fact that I think that they were well, they were well ahead of their time in terms of like looking at how parenting, um, you know, has progressed in the conversations around parenting about genderless parenting. My parents were amazing. You know, they, they bought me my first transformers. I'll tell you to this day, the hero in my life will be the person that finds me the transformer watch because I still have been on a hunt for it a few decades later. Um, and so basically I, uh, they got me the, the, like he, they bought me transformers. They, we played with Legos. Dolls weren't something that were part of like how I expressed myself or how I like to tell stories. And so you know, they indulged that. I mean, they did buy me the Barbie house, which I ended up turning into a garage. Um, <laughs> their chagrin. And then they got it. They were like, okay, you know, and then they, you know, they, they, you know, we traveled a lot to Asia. So I remember when I was, you know, a young girl, like going to Asia, buying video games, like just loving all of that, like all of that part of like my childhood, like saving the princess so many times. And so you know, I had the first Omnibot, which totally ages me. I will not tell you when that came out, but that was what um, connected me to my partner because of the fact that when I found out he, you know, he made the first micro robotic smartphone controlled toy, which blew my mind. Um, and being somebody who was able to be so creative as well as technical on that level, one of the first conversations that I think what totally won my heart was the fact that I, you know, I said, do you know Omnibot? And he's like, do I? And he said, did you have one? And I was like, I did when I was small and I used to put juice and cookies on it and like drive it over to my dad to be like, dad, look, the Omnibot's coming with your stuff. Like the thought of, you know, the, what was it? The Jetsons. To me, that was the most fascinating, you know, like looking into the future, being able to fly, you know, being able to have robots that will support you and that's what inspired us because the fact that I totally believed in what uh, Michael was doing and so we were you know we we started ideating and looking at you know different things that we could create together and that spurred on I mean we did one of the first Kickstarter projects successfully knock on wood that was amazing um, I would never do it again. It was, <laughs> it's a full-time job into and into and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we were able to build out all of these different properties and it was really fun. Um, you know, we met in toys, but we built this STEM, which is, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. So like thinkables and learnables for kids um, because of the fact that I wanted to be able to 
add to that conversation, to be able to add to this industry, because I think it's super important. And I wish more toy companies were building things like that. You're seeing it slowly, but I've Lego, actually, I think it was just um, in the last like two weeks, came out with this whole robotics, like learn how to build robots by building Legos. And my mind was blown. I was just like, these are the times where I wish I was still a kid. So yes, so Michael and I, we co-founded a toy slash robotics company together. And then that parlayed into the opportunity to build a vaporizer and get involved um, in the cannabis industry. And that was six years ago. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think it's so important to kind of get some context uh, just, just in terms of, you know, the way that your mind works and, and, and your understanding and appreciation for the, the seamless integration of technology into our everyday lives. Um, you know, I, I've, I've read before that you believe the best products are the ones that are adapted into our routines and that work so well that we, we actually hardly notice them. And, you know, I, I, I believe we have a long way to go, but uh, what a fascinating time to be part of shaping what will become uh, the future. So have you accomplished that with Vapium? Do you feel that it's something that works so well that you, you, it's, you know, it's without question that it, that it belongs in the sphere of today? I think we're constantly iterating um, and improving and technology you know, is moving at such a rate that I think that there are certain things that we've created, I think that are absolutely brilliant. And then you look at things and, and as a type A personality, I constantly want to improve. And so I'll tell you, you know, uh, anecdotally, our first and um, the first vape that we ever created, which is the Summit Series, uh, still sells today, which boggles my mind because the technology is five years old, but it's the first and only all weather vape. You could vape in the shower. And I wanted something that you didn't have to worry about. And I think that's the seamless part. It's like, it will go with you. We've had customers that have written in being like my kid threw my vape in the mud. And three days later, I cleaned it and it works. And I'm like, yeah, yo, like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's exactly, you know, how we approached the design and engineering behind that product. You know, and I think, um, mm-hmm. I think until everything is fully automated, unfortunately, there's always going to be, you know, there's, there are glitchy things, but I think the approach that we've taken to manufacturing and the standards that we put in place, our SOPs, as well as the fact that we are a medical manufacturer, um, I think add to the value and the quality of products. Mm-hmm. So we're still working on that, but I think that there are some things that, you know, I think just by the feedback that we get from our customers and, and, and our community that, you know, they love it. I think that's also seamless when, you know, you, you don't remember a time before you had it and you can't imagine not having it anymore. Kind of like a cell phone or a watch. I don't want to roll a joint anymore because I love my Vapium light or summit or higher. Like there's, I think, there's a, a there's something to be said for being able to create products that have future forward lasting results. You know, there are some products that are coming mm-hmm. to the market and they'll last for three months. There are some that'll last for five years. I would rather be on the latter end of that. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, <laughs> just going back to the beginning too. I love you know mentioning 
like a almost like a milestone of technology. You can use it in the shower. Yes. <laughs> this is right. <laughs> it's such an important thing. We, always, we have some of our most brilliant ideas in the shower, right? I just picture someone just vaping in the shower, just looking so cool, having all these deep shower thoughts, you know? Or they're hiding from somebody. To be honest with you, Nicole, that was the whole thing. It was, I think it happened over a holiday where, you know, there might have been a family member or two that kept escaping to do other things. And, and then I was like, you know what? Think back to college days where you would blow up into a fan. I'm like, why blow up into a fan? One, vaporization doesn't have the harsh smell that a, a traditional combustible does, like a joint would. And then being able to like actually have a, a, your Zen moment, take it into the bath, not worry about electrocuting yourself or shorting it. Or, you know, it was a joke about the fact that it was like, hide from your kids, hide from your partner and uh, be able to, you know, be able to have a, a session all to yourself. A little baby moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the temperature of the vaporizer. So 392 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it, it, like, first of all, is that correct? And then why does why does that matter? So it matters for a lot of reasons. The burning point of plant matter is 451 Fahrenheit, which means that you're combusting. So you're actually taking into your lungs a whole bunch of other matter um, that could eventually, you know, eventually cause harm. To be able to eliminate that the the noxious sort of dangerous elements that there are to combusting, that's why we make we want to make sure that you know whatever device that we do choose has that ability to dial in or has the temperature control. Um, And I think that that's really, really important because of the fact that if you are a patient, even if you're not a patient, you want healthy lungs. You know, we have, depending on where you are in your, in your relationship with the plant, I think some of us at the earlier stages may have, you know, depending on where you are in your life cycle, you know, if you're young, you're carefree, you're careless, you're not thinking about all these things. You're just like, oh, let's get high if you're not a patient. And I think as you get older, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know what? I, I need to take care of all of these things because I have more responsibility or whatnot. And your relationship just, it, it definitely matures. And what we're saying as manufacturers, you know what, develop wherever you are, try a vape. Because of the fact that not only are you not combusting and you're being, you know, sort of more gentle on your lungs, but at the different temperatures, even lower than that, you're actually extracting every amazing part of the plant. And you're actually having, you're medicating without knowing you're medicating. So you're pulling off terpene profiles that you would never actually be able to experience when you're combusting. Um, and you're developing a relationship with a plant that you actually, it's, it's such a richer and deeper um, understanding of the plant, I think. And, and that's why I really appreciate vaporization and like, and being able to control um, a device in terms of, of temperature tuning. I want to, I want to zero in on something that you said specifically just now, which is relationship with the plant. Like I find that to be such a, such a beautiful thing. And, you know, a lot of people in this industry do talk about this being a relationship um, and something that you develop over time and that you're constantly exploring. Can you kind of walk me through and, and like that sentence came perfectly naturally to you, right? Relationship with the plant. Like, where does that come from for you? What's the, wh- like, what's the essence of, of that particular sentiment for you? So I have uh, a long relationship with the plant. Um, and I think 
actually, we've, we've gone through many iterations and it's been one of those things where I have, I've had since the beginning, I know what it's like to experience green fever, but green fever for me came with the mixing of other poisons. And so it wasn't, I, I would never blame, I wouldn't say, oh, I smoked and, and it gave me green fever. No, not that is not the case at all. And so one, when you respect the fact that this is a, a powerful and a potent plant of nature, right? That's the first thing I think that's so amazing about it Two, the fact that it's medicine. So when I say like, you know, relationship, I look at cannabis as like with having, you know, I look at it as the trifurcation, right? We have rec- recreational, we have medical, but we also have wellness. And for me, you know, I think that the relationship that I have with it has spun, spanned across all three um, of those of those, uh, of our verticals. And so, you know, how I started off was, you know, I was a teenager and, you know, it was a a fun thing to try, but I didn't go so hard in college. I abstained from everything because of the fact that I just, I needed to fill my brain and, and everybody has a different relationship with it. And I think when I say relationship, it's really about the fact that it's coming from stigma into sophistication. The fact that, I'm building technology um, and and plant touching formulations that only help people, right? And I look at it as well as only helping people. To be totally honest with you, if you went if you went toke for toke, a drink for a shot for toke, like I'll tell you, your toke is going to make your like the the long lasting effects on your body much better, even short term, much better than a drink would. You know, I mean, it's amazing that, you know, we can, that everything is, is, it's so easy to have a relationship with alcohol when in fact, a lot of people don't actually think about it that way, which is easy to over imbibe. But when it comes to this, there's still so much stigma around it. And we're just starting to come out of, um, you know, I think out of the dark ages, if you will. Um, Sorry if that was really long winded, but I, I feel really passionate about it because of the fact that, you know, I, I think education and awareness And looking at successful people going, oh, wait, they consume. And it's not like, you know, I have female friends that are that very much uh, embrace the stoner culture, call themselves stoners. I'm not crazy about that because of the fact that for me, like showing the fact that there's so many different perspectives and so many different faces that, that the face of somebody who consumes doesn't look a certain way, that it can look so many different ways. Do you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And 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 you know, I really, I really appreciate you know you kind of saying that it's coming out of stigma and sophistication because I think that is a a really interesting thing that's happening happening right now where there are more people that maybe feel welcomed into the space that previously didn't um, when it was just under the silo of stoner culture. So I think kind of opening those doors and and allowing more people to flood through because they have different people that they can relate to is really important. Um, so, so there's that side of it. And then there's obviously the product side of it. Um, I had read in an article that, you know, you had mentioned that uh, you're approaching the cannabis industry with three goals in mind. Can you, can you kind of walk me through what those goals are um, and, and just why, when it comes to product, those are the specific ones that you're really honing in on? So when we started Vapium, 
One of the things that I realized when we did a deep dive in terms of what the existing landscape looked like was there wasn't enough. There was so much focus on recreational, also because of the fact that it was still counterculture, because this was back in 2012. Um, but I didn't see enough patient forward, patient focused um products. And that really scared me because of the fact that this to me was an amazing opportunity. Um, but also scary because of the fact that one, I'm looking at it going, okay, how are manufacturers actually manufacturing things coming from the fact that we were making, you know, we manufacture, we design engineer and manufactured our robots and wanted to do the same uh, with vaporizers. So that was point one was that we were going to be medically manufactured and, and that's a longer term goal, but that we started our SOPs, our standard operating procedures so that we controlled our complete supply chain, that I was able to go back and say, stand behind every product. So if there was a fault, I fully take responsibility for that. And we will, you know, we would stand behind our warranty process. You know, we were, we will not let people walk away having a bad feeling. And I think, you know, in, in the, over the course of six years, I think I've had maybe like five instances that I can, that really stand out on my mind. And I think that that's pretty amazing though. It does break my heart when anybody's unhappy. So, you know, we do our best to rectify those situations, but yeah, so medical, medical manufacturing was the, was the first point. The second point was then the, the best quality patient focused product. So how we even design them. So one was manufacturing, but two, and I think even before this was how is the product made to make sure that anybody who has a problem, who has, who is, you know, fighting a condition or ailment was able to easily use our products because of the fact that I, so I backtrack, uh, 20 years when I was in university and I took this course and I promise you, Nicole, it was the hardest course I've ever taken in my entire life. And the reason was, is that it came from a, the, the professor forced us to look at life and anything that we were doing within the context of this course under the guise of someone who was uh, the most disabled, elderly, um, lesbian, obviously, because I like, like it didn't matter what your proclivities were, but just that at that time, back in the, whatever that year was, um, that, you know, that there, there wasn't a night enough, um, you know, there wasn't enough pride support. There wasn't enough pro LGBTQ, you know, there, there was still so many struggles. There still is struggles today, but basically what she was trying to, the context that she was putting us in was think about it from the opposite of whatever you are, you're able-bodied, you're disabled, you are hetero, think the polar opposite, like think everything that anything that you think of that would be so difficult and how do you make their lives better? And I love that. It was so hard though, because of the fact that, let me tell you, like, that's a whole nother podcast, but like the things that they made us argue were sometimes borderline impossible, but basically taking that approach. So looking at it going, what if I had muscular degeneration? What if I had mass, um, muscular degeneration? What if I had, um, you know, uh, problems with my dexterity? I just think about all the what ifs, basically approaching it from that perspective meant that I could then incorporate all of those kinds of things into the design process. And so that's how we approached it. So we put in uh, haptic vibration. So anybody with macular or muscular degenerative issues, or even things where, you know, memory may not be as solid as it once was, you weren't having to sit and what wait and watch a light. 
that there was a gentle reminder that your vape was ready to be ready for a session. Um, you know, with tethered and magnetic parts, it makes it uh, that much easier to to not have to fumble with parts. So again, like looking at it from that perspective, and then and then thirdly, it was price because when we started, the prices were ridiculously prohibitive. I mean, they like there's a range of products now. You can see different price categories as we speak in 2019, but in 2014, there were devices that were four hundred dollars. Or there were devices that were one, you know, sub one hundred dollars. There wasn't a lot with it between one hundred and like three hundred, if you will. And we really wanted to make sure that this was affordable. Um, so our first vaporizer, which came with a solid warranty, and we made sure that you know people were happy. This is the summit that's still selling today. Boggles my mind, um, but happy, happily so. No, happily so because of the fact that I have people that use the OG from five years ago that still love it. You know, they've maintained it, they've taken care of it. And pardon me, it still works for them, which is amazing. And so things like that, where, you know, they want to, a patient, we, again, we looked at it from the patient's perspective and a patient wants to be able to, or may only have the means to be able to buy their medicine, right. To be able to spend on plants. They're not spending, you know, 200, 300, $400 on a vape browser, um, and so, so yeah, so those are the, the three things that, how we, how we initially approached the industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a, it's a good segue to, into the next question that I kind of want to ask, because it does really talk about, uh, how much this industry is blowing up and, and, and what some of the projections are for the future that, you know, the CBD products alone, it's, it's, it's projected to be a next billion dollar market. So, so you've positioned yourself and, you know, kudos to the product that people are still using it five years later, but you've developed technology that's harm reductive. So meaning you won't combust, which we've kind of already talked about and that you can freely use with CBD, but can you, can you kind of break this down for listeners? What exactly does that mean? So CBD, I think is really the, the, the part that a lot of people don't understand, right? Everybody says it's not psychotropic, but there are, CBD does have a psychoactive effect. It's not in the same way that THC affects people. It's more um, where it actually coats your synapses. So it, it helps with inflammation. It helps with pain. It helps, um, you know, with anxiety. There's, there's so many conditions um, and indications that uh, CBD is good for, which is why I wanted to make sure that we had technology that, that you can use CBD with. I think one of the things that the misnomers are right now is the fact that a lot of people says, well, say, well, CBD doesn't work for me. And that breaks my heart because I know for a fact CBD does work. It's just a matter of, you know, making sure that you have quality product that you're able to take, the, you know, you're able to utilize it in the right way. You know, is it pills? Is it sublingual? Are you, you know, is it a flower that's, that, that's a one-to-one or high CBD um, content like it, it there's a lot of things about this also about the fact that cbd isn't meant to give you these ginormous clouds right i think that that's also a misnomer with respect to vaporization because the the first understanding of of vaporization was through e-cigs and i and that's one thing that you know um i loathe is being compared to an e-cig because of the fact that it's va- a vastly different product um, you know, the e-cig was meant to be a safer means of consuming tobacco. Um, and, you know, and the, the formulations that go into it, I think are vastly different. Um, you know, we're an anti-tobacco 
company. Like that's that's not something that you know we support. We get it. You know, I like I do I do I do totally understand what you know how and why people smoke, but that wasn't that wasn't why we got involved in the industry. So you know, we created this thing that it's completely different. And so there's still that consumer education that needs to happen where you'll, you'll feel the effects. You just won't necessarily see plumes of smoke. Um, and especially at lower temperatures, it's higher temperatures. It's just science, right? Higher temperatures equal bigger clouds, but higher temperatures, if you're combusting also mean that you're not necessarily medicating the way you or or consuming the way you might want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I want to switch gears here in our last 10 minutes together. What do you think the cannabis industry as a whole is getting right right now at this particular moment? Because we're on a fascinating timeline right now. And I think the industry is under such a microscope to do so many things right and, and, and almost right some of the uh, missteps of industries that have come before it. And so what is it doing right right now? That's a really great question. Are we talking globally or are we talking locally? Because if we're talking locally, you know, as a Canadian, I'll, I'll address it in both on, on both sides. Yeah, sure. As a Canadian, October 17th was monumental. You know, we were the first G7 country to legalize and what that meant. And I think a lot of people see it's very easy to criticize, right? Like that's the easiest thing to do. Everybody can do it the right way. I think that there's something to be said of the fact that we've had a slower rollout. And that gives us time to course correct. I think the that may have been bet more appropriate or or better to do is actually say we were going to go slow. Because there's nothing wrong with going slow, right? A slower rollout means that we're able to see what's good and bad and we're able to course correct. But I think that there were a few promises that, you know, we sort of overpromised and underdelivered a little bit. And I think that's where we start to to, you know, if we can if we can get that part right, the communications, right? I think ultimately every relationship, that's what it boils down to. If you have bad communication, nothing is gonna work. <laughs> so so I think more is like you know, I, I want to look at it as an opportunity because of the fact that if within the confines, I think I think things will eventually be loosened up, if you will. So right now we're we're under. It feels sometimes in Canada we're under constant threat. Right, we're not able to market. We're not able to you know our. We've been restricted in terms of how much our retail is. There are issues with supply. There, you know, there are issues with demand, you know, in terms of pricing. Like, I mean, you and I, between the two of us, I'm sure we could come up with a, a list of 100 strong. But what are we getting right? We're getting right the fact that we're legal. So we've already empowered our people to go out. Citizens of Canada you and, and tourists and, and visitors, you can come here and you can toke freely without fear of, persecu- fear of persecution, which is an amazing thing. Um, you know, we haven't ignored the medical side of this and, and the things that we're seeing, I think the entrepreneurs are really about, are are really the ones that are getting it right. The people that are, that are, are really like tucked in and dialed in and like are following the regulations, making sure that they're compliant. Like there's something to be said, like we want a legal framework. They've given us a legal framework, work within the legal framework, and, and things will eventually write themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it'll be exciting for the people that have been able to stay, stay the course and be able to 
get through, you know, the, the growing pains, if you will, um, so that we get out the other side, that we are able to do this because I want to see at a time where there's like, you know, like, you know, they, they have these commercials about like Miller time, Bud Life, like Canada Dry, all these other things. Like Canada Dry is not alcoholic, but you know what I'm trying to say. I want to see that kind of stuff. I want to hear those kind of commercials. I want to hear, I want to hear the encouragement and like, and the support of cannabis. And I want it to get beyond. I want to see the actual trifurcation. I want to see the recreational, the medical and the wellness side of it. I want to know that people are looking at, I know that I'm working with scientists right now that are working on nootropics, nutraceuticals, um, and pharmaceuticals, which blows my mind. So like the things that like, I think that, the, that they're, you know, the science, the technology, the entrepreneurship, the, the camaraderie, the people, like the people that you're meeting, the connections, like the, the community that we're building, that's what we're getting right. And, and I mean, you're in the cannabis space, so you must be preposterously rich, right? <laughs> that's a very funny question. Um, <laughs> it's a business. Well, you know what? It's, we're six years strong. I am rich in the connections that we've made. I am rich in the fact that we've built a community and we've been able to sell products. Do I have that many dollars in my bank account? Unfortunately, not yet. Um, you know, I'm still working at it. Um, and I think that that's the misnomer is this that, you know, people want to get in and get rich. And I want to, I, I'm here. We ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so that we could own our own factory. So a lot of the money that we made was reinvested. To be totally honest with you, we took lower salaries so that we could make sure that, you know, we could have, we could add to our team that we could grow this community that we could, you know, really make really be part of the foundation and a lasting foundation. So no, not yet, but uh, hopefully soon. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Uh, So for the entrepreneurs listening, what's the most productive thing that you do with 10 free minutes along? Read, research or meditate. Those would be the three things. Take a moment to myself and like, and just kind of recenter, um, read, but read paper, like get away from the screen for a few minutes and like actually read paper, um, and read paper that, you know, in, in terms of, I've been reading a lot of, um, nonfiction and business books and, you know, it sounds kind of dry, but some of it's so inspiring, um, and so amazing. I read a few really, really fantastic books this year. And, uh, and, and then I would say, and then research, make sure that, you know, I mean, I think the edge to, to maintain and to strive for is making sure that you know, as much as possible and not as a know-it-all, but like as a resource, and like, and that you're growing that community and making sure that you're checking and double checking that your knowledge is the right knowledge. And that that's how you're building your business with, with, you know, effective and, and true understanding of like, and, and also then looking at like how you can differentiate and also maybe who you can collaborate with. Absolutely. Um, just to round things out, you know, anyone who's listening, who isn't an entrepreneurial place in their lives, uh, or really just anybody who's kind of in this industry and who's pushing every single day for this to get done right. It can, it can be a tumultuous place out there. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy landscape. So can you tell me, to end on a high note, what has been an absolutely fuck yes moment for you as an entrepreneur where you just kind of had this like, okay, I can do this. I've got this. Fuck yes. I think it's, it's every day that you get up and that you keep fighting to be totally honest with you. Um, 
a recent one was a text message I got from an investor, to be totally honest with you. And it was just a, hey, Lise, this is an FYI that we're committing X, Y, and Z towards this next project. And it just filled me with elation because of the fact that they saw the value and the necessity of what we're building. You know, I, I slept very, very well that night. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody says that there's, there's an abundance of all kinds of things, but it, there's an abundance when you build the right product. So I think it's a, a, a matter of taking a temperature check, you know, obviously insulating yourselves, protecting yourselves, making sure that you have IP filed or trademarks filed, or, you know, just doing the, 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 the proper way. I think that's the thing about legalization. It's given us all a voice. We can talk about cannabis like intelligently and intellectually and scientifically where we, we couldn't, we've come, we're coming out of the darkness. And so it's a matter of looking at it going a fuck yes, a fuck yes moment for me was also a collaboration. We're working on something that I didn't once think was possible and is possible that it will be announced in the, the next few months, which just blew my mind and, and makes me happy because of the fact that all the hard work um, is finally paying off. And we're all better for it. Thank you so much, Lisa, for everything that you've done and created and, and sharing your time with me. I'm also a fan of the Vapium Light. And so uh, truly speaking from a point of a, of a consumer who's also a supporter of you as a person, you as an entrepreneur and your products, I just want to say thank you so much. And again, thank you to uh, Herblife for giving us a platform to have this very important discussion. Yes, thank you so much, Nicole, and thank you, Herb Life. Well, that's the end of this session exploring cannabis and tech with Lisa and Nicole. You can find more info on these budding cannabis entrepreneurs in the show notes, along with links to their socials. Make sure you give them a follow, and while you're at it, follow the Herb Life as well. For up-to-date info on sessions, you can sign up to the Herb Life newsletter at HerbLifestyle.com, where we also have tons of great articles showcasing exactly what the Herb Lifestyle is all about. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sessions. Sessions by Herb Life is a production of Blue Dream Media, produced by Tiana Matliowski and executive producer Jill Pollard.